Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path. Every once in a while, we have to bring out the big dog. Yeah. Oh, God help us. It's time for Danny Unleashed. Oh. <laughs> Sponsored by Easton Roofing, where integrity matters. Go to EastonRoofing.com for more. Welcome back here to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Time for a little Danny Unleashed. As you heard, Danny Worth Harley Davidson North, I 29 and Tiffany Springs. Don't forget this Thursday night, uh, Worth Harley Davidson's first bike night. Uh, it is the big indoor bike night, okay? Uh, it is a, a big time event as uh, Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders are going to be playing from six to nine. You can come join in the fun. Great, great barbecue at a great, great price. Dollar draws on top of it. Don't miss it. It's all inside and comfortable, 72 degrees. It is a bike night at Worth Harley-Davidson North. And, of course, you can take a look at all the beautiful Harleys right now in their warehouse. Uh, the clearance event is going on. You can find bikes for under two grand, soft tails under 5000 and touring bikes under six grand. It's all at Worth Harley-Davidson North. Find them online at WorthHarleyDavidson.com. Uh, see them in person, 9400 Northwest Prairie View. If you're going to GPS your way down, I know a lot of folks come from miles away. That's the street address, uh, I-29 at Tiffany Springs, your intersection. Let's... Uh, Unleash Danny Klinkscale, Super Bowl edition. Of course, Danny brought to you by Easton Roofing. Call 913-257-5426. Four straight years, voted Best of Houses, Angie's List Super Service Award winner as well. You can check out their incredible reviews on Google. No payment is collected until you are 100% satisfied. Credit cards, PayPal, that's accepted. Uh, and uh, don't forget uh, this cold time of year that they install attic installation as well. Uh, maybe you need that. Maybe you need better attic ventilation uh, if you've got uh, cold upstairs or ice dams forming in your gutters. Lots of icicles hanging off the gutters. Those are signs that you've got a problem. Call Easton Roofing today. Joe and his crew will be happy to take care of you the way they've taken care of me and Danny. Danny, how are you, my friend? Doing very well. Very exciting week in Kansas City, and people are fired up, and rightly so. And I think last week was more about soaking in the fact that that they're there, and this week is more about will we win? How do we win? How do we not get overconfident? How does Seren Petro not be worried? And, uh, I'm trying to make myself worried because I'm actually not worried. I'll give you one reason to get I worried. I know, because you're going to say the defense sucks, right? No. I'm Let's not go gonna, down that road, Danny. I'm not going to say that. What I'm going to say is that— pick up where we left off round two. What I'm going to say is that uh, I don't know if you heard Stan Weber's segment last Friday on the Border Patrol, but he has famously developed his own board game. Yes, I've, I'm familiar with it. And, I've never played it. 
Never been and invited over has, for a game, but it's and they like play the it, Niners. They play it multiple times, and uh, they're going to play it again this week. And, and, and they're really going to play it again this week because all the Chiefs fans who played it last week are now terrified because the game's been pretty reliable as an indicator of what goes on. And the Niners won all four games so far, and rather handily. I did hear that segment, but why? Like what? What? What is the game? And they telling controlled. Them as to... I, they controlled the the pace of the game. Were able to run the football, set up play action passing, which I think is, the game indicated is a is an underrated aspect of the 49ers. But Stan also went on to say, "Hey, I love my game. It has done a good job of predicting big games in the past. Uh, most famously, probably when the Broncos were big favorites." Uh, uh, in their game and, and got swamped uh, in the game. and that was By the Seahawks. By the Seahawks, I, I, and that was predict, predicted a, by the game. There's yeah. a lot of similarities uh, yeah. between that, that matchup and this one. But I don't think there's the possibility of the Chiefs scoring <laughs> eight points like the Broncos went out and did, to me, is incredibly minute. I think what Stan was pointing out is that what he saw in the game is that the Niners were consistently getting into the 30s, and that's the, how they would win the game is to – sort of outscore the Chiefs, and I don't think many people think that's the recipe for the 49ers. I think the recipe that people think for the 49ers is that they'll slow down the Chiefs some. And I do think that the 49ers will force some field goals in this game. So the game still will be up to the 49ers' offense and the Chiefs' defense. And Because I think, to me, bottom line is the Chiefs score 26. That's like low end. Two touchdowns, four field goals. Can the 49ers stop them four times for field goals? That would be the way they would win to me. Because 26 seems to be the least points I can even fathom unless the Chiefs go out and, and play a bad game. And since Patrick Mahomes has never really played a bad football game in his career, why would we think that he's going to do that in this game? And even average for him, you know, if they put up 26, he probably had an, a very average game by his standards. So I still like the Chiefs to win the game. I do think that people are a bit overconfident here in Kansas City. I think San Francisco is a better football team than they've probably given them credit for. But when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you can play down-to-down all day long as the 49ers, a better football game, but three or four times Patrick Mahomes will do something that nobody else can and that tips the balance in your favor. And that's what the Chiefs have always had to play. That's why they've always been going uphill. You can coach and you can coach and you coach, but there's a reason why every coach of any value, of any kind, will tell you it's the Jimmys and Joes and not the X's and O's. Now, you can't go out there and be a moron, right? I mean, please take this like you're an intelligent sports fan. We've always said this is an intro to sports talk radio. We may not be 500-level course, but we'd like to think we at least operate at a 300-level Um Look, you got to have a game plan. You got to coach all that kind of thing. But what having a guy like Patrick Mahomes does, and back in the day, whether it was John Elway or Joe Montana, is when schematically you have a draw, and then they just make something happen. Right. You know, and and there was a time when the game wasn't as free flowing and wasn't as loose and wouldn't throw it as much. That having a Lawrence Taylor could tip the balance. Now everybody knows. You know, we we throw it, we can win. And so it really is, I think, the only position anymore that can single-handedly pick up a team and take them somewhere is the quarterback position. And the best quarterback on the planet will line up wearing Chiefs colors. Absolutely. And, and, I and that's do... a wild card that, that I don't care how great the 
Kyle Shanahan play calling is and how great their defense is. That's a wild card that they're good, that is going to beat them several times in this game, and they're going to have to overcome that. Right, and they're also going to have to not become discouraged by it. And I think that the Chiefs are very good, and other teams are not very good. At you know when the another thing the 49ers have to do is stop the avalanche. Every Chiefs game, it seems recently, has had an avalanche. Right. And you can't let that happen. You can't let three touchdowns in eight minutes happen. And, or and two the Chiefs and, in about right. And the Chiefs four, are like very, very capable of doing that. And that's discouraging. It it causes panic, causes you to get away from what you want to do. And like you said with the Jimmys and Joes, the defensive coordinator, name escapes me right now, Roberts. Soleil. Soleil. Uh, looks like a defensive coordinator, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's good. But his players are going to have to do some special things. That's, you know, he's, that, you know, Nick Bosa's going to have to have a special day. It's about people making individual great plays. And if who's the, who's the most capable player on the on the field of making great individual plays? Well, it's clearly Patrick Mahomes. So when you have that guy uh, on your team, uh, that just tips the balance. I, I, I've said it before. I said it on this segment before. Besides the quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers, to me, have easily the best football team in the National Football League. Uh, but... <laughs> the quarterback's real important, and they have a good quarterback. But he's not elite. If he plays a, an excellent football game in this game, I like the 49ers' chances. But the Chiefs have not been allowing guys to have excellent days, and turnovers are so small a factor in NFL games these days that one or two is really important. And to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is very capable of throwing a bad ball in this game. And that can be a game changer. Patrick Mahomes is remarkably efficient in not throwing interceptions. And if he threw two interceptions in this game, he'd be stunned. So why are the Niners not being viewed somewhat as, and and one of the reasons is because they've won two playoff games, right? They didn't take a dive in the first round. But, you know, the Chiefs ran out to 9-0 in 2003. And they came home four and three in the last seven, were 13 and three, and they couldn't force the Colts and Peyton Manning to punt. They had a better record. Uh, they had something that they were doing, overwhelming teams for the first half of the season. And in the second half, the, it was all on tape. They slowed them down a little, and then they recognized all the flaws with their defense. And they, they really started having problems finishing games. And they got taken out by the Colts. They got taken out by a better quarterback. Uh, the 49ers were overwhelming people defensively. That's not happening anymore. And I think we can talk about the Chiefs and we can talk about the town. We can talk about the two teams. And, and I am open to fair criticism that I'm just a Chiefs fan and I'm, I'm seeing things the way I want to see them. I, I, I think that's entirely possible here. But the one thing that I don't think enough credit is being given to is I don't think the Packers were very good. And you can say, well, that's after the fact. Yes, except for Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus said the Packers aren't very good. I kind of like the Packers. I thought Aaron Rodgers would carry them. Then I watched, and Aaron Rodgers couldn't carry them. He's old. It has happened. Aaron Rodgers is old. He's not going to scramble out there and make the kind of plays he made five or six years ago. That's not there anymore. He's got old legs. He's a pocket passer. If you can't beat the other team with your scheme from the pocket, then he's not going to beat you. All right? Patrick Mahomes still has that element there. Uh, the Vikings, I thought, could have played with them 
they got hit with the avalanche and couldn't answer it and got away from their game plan, which was run the ball. And I think that was a mistake. I think they panicked in the game against the Niners, to your point. I I, I agree, but I think— Because they couldn't just put it on the quarterback. Right, but I think similarly, which is a word you should really never try to say in broadcasting. (laughs) uh, I I almost got it right. Um, The Chiefs had a very easy road by the standards of what you could expect yes. for playoffs. So but let's, both let's, stay teams, with, let's stay with the Niners first. Right. Let's, let's stay with the Niners first. Well, I think, I think the reason the Niners are still getting respect is because they had some good wins late in the regular season. Uh, the, you know, they, had, they outscored. They, they went into a shootout-type game with the Saints and won it, uh, and they beat the Seahawks in a game. So, and they lost uh, to the Falcons. Right. True. Yes. They, they threw a stinker in there. And, and the Chiefs— they, they, they almost lost to a Seahawk team that was— but it was a good team. A walking wounded right, by the time they got to that game. Still was a good team and still had Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, are the Niners the runaway freight train they were early in the season? They don't appear to be. Well, this is my point, though. The, the Colts were building steam, and, and they would go on to the to – the, they went on to the, did they go to the Super Bowl in 03? No, they didn't. They no. lost somewhere along the way. Uh, who went? The Patriots went. Patriots. Uh, but they were – but the Chiefs have been building momentum. And oh, I, I agree. And, and, the Chiefs are hot. And, I mean, there's so, no – And so much of what I keep hearing national pundits talk about are them looking at a screen that says their run defense sucks, and their run defense has not sucked for eight weeks. And so it was so bad early – and the numbers were so big that that is what they say. The first 10 weeks, they were getting beaten up. And they haven't been beaten up. And that, that was the formula. That formula is gone. The only formula that's out there that I haven't seen this defense answer the bell on is I haven't seen a team really go out and target the running backs in the passing game and make the linebackers go cover out of the backfield. I just haven't seen the Chiefs linebackers have a big day doing Well, I, I agree with that. But also, I think the way that the Chiefs are playing right now offensively has helped their defense. They're, they're playing great complementary no football. Because in in both of the playoff games, the opposing team did come out and run the football at least effectively. Now, Derrick Henry wasn't steamrolling them, but they were running the ball effectively. But the tenor of the game was able to take that away. That's why it's so important to avoid the avalanche because the Niners are going to be able to run the football. Are they going to overwhelm the Chiefs like the pack they did to the Packers? No, they're not because Steve Spagnuolo won't let that happen. And that's that's the biggest change for the Chiefs is not only the fact that they've performed better individually, it's the fact that he's just said, I don't care if we have to put nine people on the box in the box. You are not going to run the ball down our throat like people were early in the season, and we're willing to take that risk. And that's why in this game, the Chiefs, one of the keys to me is that is that they can at least play run defense without completely committing to the run and really exposing I, themselves to play action passing, which means everybody is going to play eight in the box against the Niners, but do you really have to go play nine in the box or something like that? And, and to me, that's a, that's a very key factor because game flow is what the Chiefs have wrecked. And when they wreck it, they win. I think the 49ers know that they cannot turn over the ball. Any short field for the Chiefs virtually kills them uh, because the Chiefs have become – you know, the talk early on was, well, they're terrible in the red zone. Yes, because they were hurt. And that's the thing I think all the, – the, the, at the national level – 
the view. And listen, I'm guilty of taking a national-level view of the Niners. I didn't watch them game in, game out every single week. But I did watch the Chiefs. And, and where I think the national pundits have it wrong uh, in, in, in analyzing the Chiefs is it's all this total body of work of 16 games. Right. It's based upon what they rank through 16 games. And it doesn't go back to like, well, you know, they had this guy down. Yeah, but they had their left tackle and left guard and starting middle linebacker. And, you know, the, like the, the, the amounts of people that were down when they lost – one of the losses, the Packers, was Mahomes. You can throw that one right out. Right. Okay. The other three had massive. The left tackle was gone on all three of them, wasn't he? Uh, Sounds which right. Which is giant. Which is we. This town figured out how good Eric Fisher is. He's back. It, it's and and that was the biggest thing. Listen, if and, and to me, I come back around to this. If if they overwhelm the Chiefs' offensive line, then they're going to have a tough go. But I, I think the analysis of what the Chiefs are is based upon a lot of games that is not what's going to take the field. And I think the other thing, and let, let's let's take a break, because I want to talk about the Chiefs' situational defense. All right, let, let's do that. We'll talk to Danny Moore. Uh, Danny Unleashed with us as we're here at Worth Harley-Davidson North. Don't forget, bike night indoors, 72 degrees, but still the great barbecue at a great price and dollar draws, uh, plus great live music from Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders, 6 to 9 on Thursday. Come check it out, and you can check out all the beautiful Harley-Davidson motorcycles. It's here at Worth Harley-Davidson North. 9400 Northwest Prairie View Road. That's I-29 and Tiffany Springs. It's the program broadcasting live at Worth on a getaway day. Danny is brought to you by our great friend Joe Spiker and his boys at Easton Roofing. Guys and gals, I don't want to forget uh, you know anyone who uh, works there. And if you're looking for employment, they are hiring right now. Check them out online at EastonRoofing.com. More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this. We're here with Joe Spiker, the president of Easton Roofing. And Joe, you worked for other companies in the construction industry. What inspired you to start your own company in Eastern Roofing? Well, you know, Danny, when you are working for somebody else, you oftentimes don't get to see the project through from beginning to end. And you don't get the final control over the customer experience. And I wanted to build a place where people can come and get work done on their house and not have to worry about being treated the wrong way and get a good customer service experience start to finish. The company slogan is where integrity matters. Why is that so particularly important to you? Well, for us, what that means is treating each other with respect at work, treating our clients with respect and making the right choice, especially when no one's looking. So when you're presented all the time as a contractor with choices that have to be made are you going to make more money on this if you cut a corner? And we just wanted to make a place and a slogan that said to our people and to whoever is our customer, we're not going to do that. We're going to make the right choice, regardless of profit. Easton Roofing, where integrity matters. All right, welcome back. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Danny Unleashed, brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing. Uh, they are happy to do repairs. A lot of roofing companies don't have any interest in it. Easton is happy to get up there and see what needs to be fixed. A project manager on every site, commercial and residential roofing. Uh, four straight years voted best of houses. Uh, and, of course, a Angie's List Super Service Award winner as well. Call them today at 913 257 5426. Find them online at eastonroofing.com. Worth Harley Davidson North. Bike night coming up on Thursday. Uh, Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders from 6 to 9. It's indoors, 72 degrees. Still the great barbecue. Dollar draws. Don't miss it. It's Thursday night, and you can check out uh, the uh, great uh, clearance event online at worthharleydavidson.com. 
Danny, I want to play something that Trent Dilfer said because I think this is there's some truth in this, but I think there's also some answers to this. This is Trent Dilfer. He's big on the Niners. He thinks the Niners are going to win. Um, there's some comments he said where he talks. You know, he's basically kind of calling the the Chiefs a you know one man band. It's Patrick Mahomes, and you know you can't you can't win. Driven by a few stars. Yeah, and and, and you know he expands to that eventually, um, but. He'd say, I, I, I see a guy who's looking at Jimmy Garoppolo going, oh, that looks like me when I led the Ravens and didn't have to do much. <laughs> uh, Garoppolo's actually better uh, than, than Trent Dilfer was. But this is him talking about why he likes the Niners and the fact that he thinks they're going to throw more. I don't think Kyle only wants to throw it 12 times. I think Kyle wants to throw it 35 times. I think Kyle wants to put up a 50 spot in this game. Um, they're going to have their way with the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs either have to play the run or have to play the pass. They're not good enough to play both in their same setups, structures. And Kyle's a master in these types of games, calling games when, okay, you're adjusting too much to outside zone to the field, great, we have naked boot to the boundary with a three-layer concept, and we're going to be able to break and tain, and they'll be able to drop back and throw it. They'll have the quick game going. I actually think Kyle's going to come out really, really aggressive with the pass in this game, and I think Jimmy uh, has a chance. Uh, if he just does his job well, Kyle will set the table for him to have one of those great quarterback moments. And and by doing that, more plays, more first downs, more possession, more runs at the end of the game. So it may end up being a 50-50 pass run game, but I'll be shocked if they don't come out throwing the ball. All right, a uh, couple things there that that kind of stick in my craw. And, and again, listen, if the Niners hang a 50 spot on the Chiefs. <laughs> They're likely to said. win. I, I, I do love it that he wants to hang a 50 spot. Well, Andy Reid wants to hang a 70 spot, if that's, that's all it is about wanting. True. Um, that's, you know. It's uh, like Eric Bieniemy. Every play is designed to be a touchdown. That's right, uh, which they're not, which is such foolishness. But anyway, um, you know, I, I, a couple of things that, that kind of irked me there. Number one, um, he, he – he, Talks about the Chiefs personnel, which I'll get to in a second. And then he gets to the Niners and he goes, they're going to be able to drop back and throw it. Well, why? Why is that we just check that? I mean, I'll, I'll give the nod to the 49ers pass rush as being better. But the Chiefs pass rush with Chris Jones being back and with now what we've seen over the last, and again, this is where I come back to, you know, you, they look at Frank Clark and they say, well, he's a guy that had, what, eight sacks in the regular season or nine sacks. He's got 12 now, I know, when you had in the two playoff games. I think he had eight and he's had four in the postseason because uh, he's already like third in Chiefs history for playoff sacks, something like that. Right. Just this two-game stretch. You're not giving credit to the Chiefs' pass rush. You're not giving credit to the to the ability to scheme some things up that we've seen uh, from Steve Spagnuolo as they've learned this defense. And so I don't like when it's just like they're going to be able to drop back. I agree with that. That's, I mean, that's that's, that's she, just she, rooting for your prediction. You're picking the Niners, and so you're now you know putting all these things in that they still got to go out and do before you can just say it was done. You know, I, I think there's enough quality in most phases of both teams' games. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, that to say that you can guarantee that somebody can do something, it, it, except for Patrick Mahomes having a good game, <laughs> right? Is uh, I think it's kind of silly. The Chiefs can put some pressure on it. I would not be surprised if the first offensive play of the game the 49ers throw the football, but I think for him to say that they're going to come out winging it is silly. Uh, because He says they're going to throw it more than 35 because times. Because they have to establish the fact that they can run because they're all their offense is all based on play-action passing. And, okay, the Chiefs 
know that they can run, all right? They, they, they've watched tape and everything. But you still have to establish it in this particular game against you for the athletes who are on the field to be worried about the running game. Uh, you know, you can, oh, yeah, we got to stop the run. Well, in, until, until they don't, and then you have to start, you know, t- cheating by a step or trying to anticipate certain things, and that's what gets you in trouble against the play-action pass, then you just come out, coming out and throwing the ball seven out of the first ten plays or something like that, I, I can't see it. I, maybe it'll happen because, first of all, it's a, it's a high-risk strategy. You know, if they run the ball three times and, you know, and have to punt, okay, that's bad, but at least they were trying to do what they do. Right. If Garoppolo goes out and throws three incompletions on the first series, first of all, it's a punt. Second of all, this is not somebody who has an entire backlog of great performances to lean on, and he's going to be freaking out if he's 0 for 3 and they have to punt. So I I don't agree with that particular sentiment. Uh, I'm not saying they, in the end, won't want to throw the ball uh, a decent amount, but what they want to do is throw it when they want to throw it uh, after they've established the run. Uh, so I think he's his analysis is going at it a bit backwards. Yeah, I, I do too. I think he's he's figured out what he wants to happen. And I think I think Trent Dilfer largely is a great quarterback hater because he wasn't a great quarterback. Right. And, I, and, and he, when I hear him talk about the guys who are next level, I don't think he, you know, gives them the credit that they deserve because he wants to just make it more about it's somebody else and I didn't have the guy that these guys have and and all that kind of Oh thing. yeah, I mean he clearly but, is a big fan of Trent Dilfer. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean what was the story he got fired from ESPN cuz he asked for a helicopter or something or some somebody would got a helicopter ride from from one place to another. Oh, it was uh it was Kirk uh, Herb Street. Yeah. Yeah, he because wanted Kirk Herbstreet treatment. Yeah, he wanted because Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet works. Yeah, right, he yeah, had, he did he did game, game day, and, and then he then, had to go do a game. Right, so he wanted so it wasn't a helicopter; it was just a plane. He wanted a plane that you know some. He wanted a a plane written into his contract. I think that's what it was. Anyway, so you know, you're Trent Dilfer. Come on, yeah, relax. <laughs> uh, and Kirk Herbstreet has become who he is by being a tremendous broadcaster. Right, Trent Dilfer can look at football, and he's 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 fine. He doesn't fine job of analyzing things. And he and um, he is a tutor. He tutors quarterbacks. Yeah, he too, does. So. Um, but so here's here's the next part of that equation that I don't like. The Chiefs don't have the personnel that they have to go to a personnel group. And I think there is truth in that. There is some truth in the sense that when you think they're going to run, you want Reggie Ragland at outside linebacker. Um, you when want Mike Pinnell in the game. You want Mike Pinnell in the game. When you think they're going to throw, uh, you want Daniel Sorensen at linebacker. Um, you know, you split the difference with, with, with Wilson, you know. Um, you know, I, I think that's it. But what I don't think is getting enough conversation as you break it down is – the fact that Fuller has gone to safety and what the Chiefs roll out there, if they wanted to go with Ragland out on the field, um, they can bring Daniel Sorensen in. Uh, if they if they wanted to go, let, let's say they just want to go nickel, they can leave they can leave him out. They come in with another corner, and they have Breland, uh, they have Charverius Ward, and if they had Claiborne, but usually it's Matthew. But if they go to a nickel, they, and they can bring in Sorensen. But they're, all of their DBs are corners. Right, right. save Sorensen, and Sorensen plays a linebacker position. He really doesn't play a safety much at all. If he does, it's 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 he's playing safety to stop the run. When he's out there, that's the run package. But to my point is, when you have 
Charverius Ward, who I think is an underrated football player, and we're going to watch make a good check. I'm not going to be, you know, the highest paid corner in football, but he's going to get paid. Uh, Tyron Matthew, who was an excellent corner in college, who comes up and plays uh, the inside slot. Bashad Breland, who's done a solid job and, and at least doesn't generally give up the big plays and has made a couple himself. Uh, and then you put Fuller back there at safety. That personnel group can cover. You can go run with those four guys out there and play the other seven guys and run Matthew up into the box and be the eighth guy and still, oh, they're going to drop back and pass? All those guys are guys that are not going to wet their pants if they have to go cover man-to-man. They're used to covering people. I don't think that's given enough credit to the versatility of the secondary. Well, I think the the money spot for the 49ers, if they're going to throw the football as much as he says, for instance, is in between those two personnel groups. I mean, yes. I think they're going to throw the ball in the mid-range. They're not, they're, I don't think they're going to be firing the ball 20 yards down the field. The Chiefs do have a good defensive secondary. I think that if they throw the ball more than people expect they're going to throw it, what they are going to be is safe throws, like half rolls and just throw the ball to George Kittle or, or the back or, the or, or, or throw you know, short Although they short really crosses. haven't thrown much to the running backs, which is one of the things that I thought, you know, Kyle Shanahan, the old Mike Shanahan Broncos, and so much of what they do looks like what the Broncos did with their ability to just have interchangeable running backs. But they don't really get the ball to the running backs that much. Right, they they haven't, and they might do it in this game. Yeah, maybe but maybe Kyle Shanahan, you know, has a you know a trick up his sleeve in this regard, and you know, I think that what if you were rooting for the 49ers in this game, what you have to hope is that 15 years from now, Kyle Shanahan will be viewed in the same regard as Andy Reid, and I think that is a possibility, but that's still to be proved. Uh, he looks the part. He's got his dad to lean on, who was an excellent football coach. Seems very composed out there. So, But you have to hope that you've got a coach over on your sideline who, in the end, is somewhat of a match for Andy Reid during a football game because we know Andy Reid is going to make some adjustments in this game. We, we saw him basically sort of just play rope-a-dope at the start of the, the last game offensively and then see what the defense is doing and then change it. Now, this is more a defensive type of thing, but it's the same thing. Uh, whatever Steve Spagnuolo rolls out, he's going to try to take some things away. I, somewhat, I do agree a little bit with the fact that the Chiefs kind of have to sell out to stop, I, the, I, to I, stop the run. I do agree. I think they're a personal and that, package. And that, that makes them, and that makes them a little vulnerable to good offensive scheming. Now, whether that offensive scheming comes and, and whether people execute it. And, and really, they can't win this game if Jimmy Garoppolo does not perform at a, at a high level. That, that he doesn't have if – if they win, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be the MVP of the game to me. Now, you don't have to be great as a quarterback. Maybe the only other chance would be a couple of sacks by one of the defensive linemen right. that create fumbles. And but I, I think they have – like I said, I think they have to score. Uh, and, and you don't have to be great as a quarterback statistically to be named the MVP. If, if they win and you're good, you're the MVP. So I, I can't see a scenario where the 49 because I think the 49ers are going to have to, as I said, I think low end they've got to score 27, okay, uh, to win. Lowest, lowest amount, and I think probably they have to go for 34 or so if they're going to win. So you can't do that with substandard or, or even average quarterback play. Uh, so – a lot's on, 
a lot is on the quarterback's plate, <laughs> duh, as it always is. But there's much more of a question mark next to whether Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of doing that than there is Patrick Mahomes. We're almost certain that Patrick Mahomes is going to be at least good in this game. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back more with Danny Klinkscale. Danny Unleashed, brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing. Uh, You can go to eastonroofing.com right now. Uh, Need repairs? Maybe it's uh, ventilation in your attic, better insulation in your attic. They do that as well, and they do it. Better than anybody else. That's why they've been voted Best of Houses four straight years. Angie's List Super Service Award. Check out their reviews on Google. You'll see that they've got nothing but satisfied customers like me and Danny. Call Joe and his team at 913-257-5426. Find them online at eastonroofing.com. We're here with Joe Spiker of Easton Roofing. And Joe, oftentimes people will wait to replace their roof until there is a weather event. What should they know about that? Well, Danny, the important thing to remember is if you're going to turn in a claim to your insurance company, you want to make sure that you actually have damage on your home. If you turn in a claim to your insurance company and they send an insurance adjuster out, it's going to be a claim whether they give you $1 or $10,000. So it's important to make sure that you actually have damage on your home before you turn that claim in. And all you have to do is give us a call. We'll come out, take a look and make sure there's real damage. And we'll tell you if there's not, maybe it's just a small repair and it's not worth a claim. So it's always smart to get somebody you trust to make sure there's damage before you turn in a claim. Quality advice and guidance from Easton Roofing, where integrity matters. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We are talking with Danny Klinkscale uh, as he is with us. Danny Unleashed. Here on a Tuesday as we're live at Worth Harley-Davidson North, uh, where you can come check out uh, great, great uh, prices on bikes right now. Their uh, warehouse clearing events is going on. Fine bikes for under two grand, soft tails under 5000 touring bikes under $6,000. Uh, these prices will not last. Uh, take advantage of it. Great selection here at Worth Harley-Davidson North. They've also got a great, great selection of the uh, brand-new 2020 bikes that you have to stop by and see for yourself. It's here at Worth Harley-Davidson North. And don't forget, bike night on Thursday. Uh, it's indoors, 72 degrees, guaranteed, uh, plus great barbecue, uh, dollar draws. It's here at Worth Harley-Davidson North. Danny, um, so what does the game play out like? You, you've talked about that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be the MVP if the 49ers are going to win it. I, I think if the Chiefs play this game – uh, from in front, which they haven't done yet, really. You know, right. to start, they've, they've gotten in front in the second half. And we've seen that when they're in front, it really gets rough on the opposition. And, and I think the 49ers have to play this game from in front. Well, I totally agree with that. And I think that for people to just shrug off the fact that the Chiefs could get off to another slow start, that they've learned their lesson. Well, they didn't learn their lesson from game one to game two. So I'm a little dubious as to what is in the water as far as the starts to their game. These are the most important football games of the year. And in the first one, the Chiefs just played like crap. In the second one, maybe it was a little bit more about the Titans, and the Titans did a good job. And and then the Chiefs finally adapted. But getting off to a bad start, you get off to any kind of a similar start in this game, there's trouble. There's real trouble. You can say to yourself, okay, we're going to bounce back. We already did it. But we've seen too many times in the Super Bowl that when one team gets down, it's a, there's a big freakout factor. And it's like, oh, my God, we're, we're pissing away the biggest football game we've ever is, played. Is it, is it as demonstrative now? We also Probably saw not. The, the Patriots get Probably, down 25 yes. to Kyle Shanahan's It's not offense. as demonstrative as it once was, but it's still the biggest stage there is. It is. And, and I think that they're, the thing that mitigates in favor of the Chiefs is that the leader of the band will not freak out. And, and that, so that's 
but defensively, are they running it down your throat? Are guys overreacting now? Are they are they panicking on the defensive side of the football? That would be more where I, I think it might manifest itself. But yeah, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs get ahead, it, it's trouble on multiple levels for the 49ers because first of all, their run defense isn't great. And then the Chiefs could run the ball. The Chiefs showed they could run the football in the last game when in the third quarter when the game was still a game. And it was, to me, one of the the key factors in the game is that they ate up almost the entire third quarter and didn't, you know, you can talk about the fact that they stopped Derrick Henry, but he only carried the ball three times in the, in the second half. Uh, now, there were three excellent plays when he did. I mean, three big-time plays, and, and at, right at the end of the first half, they made some big-time plays on him, too. But... Uh, 49, that's probably the weak, it is the weakest part of the 49ers defense by far. You can run the football on them, but the Chiefs don't, you know, they don't want to run the football. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, but if they're ahead, we've seen that Andrew Reid likes to run the football then. Um, so, yeah, yes. If the Chiefs, if the Chiefs get ahead early, I don't, I don't just, I, I could see the game get, getting away. I don't, I, see, I don't see. I don't see the. I don't see the four. I, I totally disagree with Trent Dilfer in the fact that I, I do not. No, I no do way. not see the possibility of the Niners winning the game easily. No, the Chiefs could, in my mind. Now, I think the Chiefs are going to win a close game, but if one team is going to run away and hide, it's definitely the Chiefs, and it could happen with the avalanche effect that we have seen. If, if we're it, wrong about that, I, so, I, I say it all the time, and you've seen it in games. Like There was no reason for the Bucks to run away and hide from the Raiders in that Super Bowl except for the Raiders started turning the ball over and they right. got into a panic mode. Eight, seven turnovers I, in that I, game. I, I don't think that's going to happen to Patrick Mahomes. But uh, listen, he, you know, he, somebody gets loose and gets a hit on him and he drops the ball a couple of times and they get it. I mean, that can swing or they hit him as he's throwing and it goes for a pick six. That, that can change the game. Those are the things that can't be accounted for. When they, but when they line up team versus team, there's nothing to fear for the Chiefs. It doesn't mean that they're going to walk over them. There's just nothing to fear. They have answers. For the first time that we've ever, you and I have ever covered this team, they have an answer because they can come from behind. They can throw. They've got guys in the secondary that can cover. They've got guys up front that can pressure the quarterback. They've proven in the second half that they can stop the run. You know, if, if you want to say, well, if they're up four and they're six to go, I'm worried because they can't just run the clock out. Fair. That, that's fair. I, I don't trust the running game to, to go on a five-and-a-half-minute drive but, to but kill you, the game. But you do trust the fact that if it's third and four, that Patrick Mahomes is very likely to convert a first down. And, and I'm optimistic that when we see them going 70-odd yards down the field to Sammy Watkins late in the game against the Titans, that Andy Reid has recognized throwing the ball, even when I'm up, even though it goes against what every football coach who is Andy's age learned about just you got to run and then just punt if you don't get there because that's what the old coaching manual says. He seems to have said, no, I, if I can't burn the clock, then i got to put more points on the board. I agree with that, and I think that what we have seen from Andy Reid was the willingness in the third quarter to run the football, which is you know just like it's fingernails on a blackboard for him, I'm sure. But he's smart, and he knew that it was something – that the Titans, that the Titans style. were were completely selling out to the pass to the pass, and that anybody, even a reasonably ineffective running game, uh, on the whole, can do that. Uh, I think that 
The one thing that would worry me a little bit for the Chiefs is the fact that if they are pressuring Patrick Mahomes on a consistent basis, he likes to make plays. Now, I think he's gotten better about saying, this play's dead. Yeah. And what he's generally done with that is run more. So the the 49ers can't allow that to happen. If he's if he runs for three or four first downs like he's been doing in the playoffs so far, they're dead. They are dead uh, because they will have done exactly what they want to do, ruin the play, and Patrick Mahomes has saved the play. Now, if they can get to a point where he says, boy, they're just not letting me get out of here and run, he likes to. He doesn't like to just have the play go away. Right. <laughs> he, he has faith in his, in his arm. And that's maybe where you could get an interception or two. But that's like a one in eight opportunity, I think, because uh, I think Patrick Mahomes, while we think he's he was so spectacular last year, I think he has even grown more as a thinking man's quarterback. I think he's far more willing to take checkdowns and, and take the shorter route when before he really wanted to force the ball down the field a lot. Uh, so that's a slight possibility. That's another aspect of, you know, he still it will be playing in the biggest game he's ever, ever played in, and he's a student of the game. I think he's probably well aware that while everybody thinks there'll be multiple opportunities for him to play in Super Bowls, that Dan Marino played in one and Aaron Rodgers has played in one, you know, and even except for Tom Brady, even the great moment of Peyton Manning play three, two, four. Four, four, that's right, because he got a couple against it. Two and two, but still, that's only four. You know, you got to take your you got to take your chances when. Yeah, you can, Jason you can. Anderson made a good point the other day. He's like, you know, just talking about how, you know, where, where we look at things and how we evaluate it, and it's got to be evaluated, you know, on a case by case basis. But you know, I, I'm I'm with you and uh, in, in what you're saying about Patrick Mahomes. It's why I don't think that the Chiefs will get blown out. That they'll be around and have a shot, uh, even if things aren't going their way early on. Uh, so what? What's your score? What? What? How? What's? If you put your name to something, what do you think? Well, I, I, as I said earlier, I do think that the 49ers are going to be able to force some field goals in this game, and my score for the Chiefs is either 33 or 26. So it's whether they get two touchdowns or three. So uh, if they get 26, I think they lose. But I think they're far more likely to get 33, three touchdowns, four field goals, and win the game 33-27. If they uh, played this game 10 times, how many times did the Chiefs win? So 5-5? Five and five? Or is it 6-4, 7-3, what? 6.1. You can't really do that, but I think 6 So six and yeah six I don't think saying seven is is a far too cavalier assessment of the of the 49ers I would lean to slightly more than six but that's not a game so right six I would say I think people forget it's not a destiny like after the game was played I think everyone has you know that the Broncos Seahawks which I think is a good comparison if it goes wrong it's going to look like that game it's going to be turnovers you remember the Broncos snapped the ball over Peyton Manning's head right. on the first play and listen the Chiefs have had they've looked like a team that could snap the ball over the quarterback's head and when they've started these last two playoff games uh that that would be the type yeah, of game they, but everybody has in their head that like well Seattle was just going to kill them every single time play that one ten times the Broncos no. might win six no the Broncos I mean, were a, a, 
a tremendous offense that year. And and, and it's a defense that was building towards right. what it would ultimately right. be a and couple they, years later. And they but. wouldn't, you know, they're, they weren't going to go out and score eight points every game that they played against the Seahawks. No way. And and the one wild card in this game is will the Chiefs stink on special teams like they have all year, all year long? I agree. I mean, they've I mean, got to be better in that. Just be game. solid, okay? I don't even I don't need a long kickoff return or a long just no gaffes. I mean, they have they they've been routine in making bad special teams plays one, two, three per game, be it fielding a punt when they shouldn't. Three block punts in an NFL season. That's horrific. I mean, that's 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 a decade, okay, in the NFL. <laughs> I think Colquitt might have had only three his entire career until this year. So just just if that aspect is just after the game, you like you, push. you, you don't even know that the special teams played, that would be fine. Just uh, – not a factor. And I do think if there is a blowout with the Chiefs, then I think it's because the special teams starts looking like what would Dave Tobe's special teams have looked like. I think they get a, a big return or a couple big returns out of it. Um, right. You know, the field, they boom long-distance field goals to keep tacking on points and forcing the Niners. And that's an advantage they have over the Niners now. Yeah. Robbie Gold has been a good kicker for a long time, but he hasn't had a good year. Yeah, so I, I think that'll be interesting. Danny, uh, great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Enjoy your time in Miami, big man. I'll do my best. There's nothing like a big man in Miami. <laughs> nothing goes better than big men and humidity. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like Easton Roofing, the presenting sponsor of Kansas City Profiles at the Danny Kling Scale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Easton Roofing, where integrity matters. We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Kling Scale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.